1: Download the
2: Instacart app to get free delivery on your
1: first three orders while supplies last.
2: Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: K&C Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. I'm really curious how the feedback goes in this segment. So, simple question, potentially a complex answer. Is Dak the same quarterback? So, We got a whole bunch of feedback when we were talking about something totally different. I'm going to read you a couple of these. From the 972, Dak is still the same quarterback he always was. But they mean that in a positive way, not in a negative way. From the 214, this is not a different quarterback. This is the same guy he's always been, just playing a more appropriate NFL offense, which I would argue does mean that that person is different. Yes. I think Dak is a lot different this year, but there seems to be a group of folks that are like, no not really.
2: Yeah, I when we were discussing and this is I guess it could come down to semantics on this more than anything and what you what you feel. I feel like I'm watching a different quarterback because of the throws he's making, the decisions he's making. The the two-step drop that he's like, "Hold on, this is This is completely new to me. Why haven't I been playing offense like this? Why haven't I been playing the quarterback position like this my entire career? Oh, maybe I was never taught how to play it like this. Maybe I never played in the West Coast offense before. And it took me some time to really understand the nuance of it and and, and truly understand the why of what I'm doing. Why is it so important for me to only take this amount of steps and throw the ball? Why is there a rhythm? To, the, to what I'm doing when there wasn't a rhythm to what I was doing before. And so whenever I whenever I watch the way he's playing, and this goes back to the Aaron Rodgers audio. If you heard Aaron Rodgers a while back, talk about Dak Prescott and say the, the things that he's doing at the line, the things that he does within the play, all of these things, Aaron Rodgers was excited about it because he loves the West Coast offense. There may, there may be nothing more Aaron Rodgers loves in life than the way the West Coast offense is supposed to run. He thinks it's the most beautiful thing in the world. We're talking to Pat McAfee. That Well, that's why I'm saying, I'm putting it right. He loves the West Coast offense even more than that. Wow. Uh, but, and, and, and I say that also because there's a lot of things Aaron Rodgers doesn't love. Good point. But he loves the way that it looks because he feels like it's a it's it's a, a ballet that he's watching or something like that. And so, so whenever he's watching it, he's breaking down what Dak's doing. He's saying... I've never seen Dak play the position like this before. So when I say he is a different quarterback, I agree that he has all the qualities of toughness. I agree that he has all the qualities of leadership. I've never never doubted that by any means. I agree that he's the same human being in physical form that was playing before. But now he has a new skill set to add to everything. And this does come to like, are you the same person you were whenever you were 19? Hell no, you're probably yeah. not. More likely you've learned, you've learned your lessons, and then you've fixed them, and you probably won't make them again, or you'll end up in jail, Kevin. Uh, but that's Woo! that's what I'm watching with Dak Prescott is I see a person who is making different throws, making different decisions with his own body, and he's putting his team in a better situation, drive in and drive out, than I've seen over the last few years even. And even earlier in the in the season before uh, up to the San Francisco game.
0: Yes, he's better because he's smarter. And we always talk about this when it comes to us former pitchers talking about pitching is sometimes when you really start figuring out how to manipulate hitters, your arm doesn't work the same way it used to work in your 20s or maybe up to 30 years old and you're like son of a gun yeah it's like i'm really starting to figure this out from a educational standpoint but my body won't do the same things i want it to do and you'll even hear guys who are like you know oral hersheiser for example was my pitching coach and i would hear him talk about how he had to become a different pitcher after getting hurt in 1989 he still was very successful for another decade as a pitcher but He was a totally different pitcher because of injury. And I think Dak, through the injury that he had, is finally healthy slash trusting his ankle because he's way more aggressive running the ball than he ever has been since the injury happened. But he also is smart with the ball. He understands down and distance, I think, a little bit better. I just think, to me, he is a lot better. That being said, I will go to this. If he loses in the wild card or divisional round, it means absolutely nothing. I hate saying that, but that's what it'll mean. So for somebody saying he's exactly the same, I think they're waiting for him to win a divisional round game to get to the NFC championship or win an NFC championship to get to the Super Bowl for them to change their mind. And I'm okay with that.
1: Can I ask you a question about that specific? Because I I think that makes a lot of sense. Let's say, because San Francisco is awesome, and if both teams were to win out, the Cowboys would get the number five seed. Potentially, I know there's other things at play. Play the 49ers in the divisional round. They lose that game 34-31, to and Dak doesn't turn the ball over at all. And then the 49ers go on to win the Super Bowl. It would seem like maybe they're the second best team, but do you still think it's like, but you still ended in the exact same spot.
0: Yeah, it'll be unfortunate. That will be the storyline. And you'll look at if you lose 34 to 31, yes, you'll say the defense didn't do this or that. But uh, I do think that then they'll point to a specific play, a specific situation where they had to punt the ball or something, you know, something will happen in a game. You're not going to be perfect. You're not going to be 32 for 32 for 450 yards and six touchdowns. Like, it's just not going to happen. There's going to be an incompletion. There's going to be a sack. There's going to be something that happens where you can blame Dak in the game. And I think Dak will be blamed. And unfortunately that's life. That's where Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. Why is he the greatest of all time? He has seven championships and he went to nine championship games. So I, I, I hate saying that because I do think Dak is better. I do think Dak is playing the best football he's ever played in his life. And it's not even to me, it's not even close because in 2016, if you want to go to kind of statistically his best season ever, he had no effing clue what he was doing. He was a rookie in the NFL. He wouldn't audible. He was just doing everything that Scott Linehan and Jason Garrett were telling him to do. And he did it. Yeah. You, know, you have to give him all the credit in the world for it. But he couldn't read defenses. He couldn't do certain things from 2016 to 2023. Like Corey said, he's a totally different almost person when it comes to quarterbacking in the NFL. But this has been really fun to watch. He's been great. I'll, I'll eat crow now. I'm not saying he's the MVP already. That'll be determined five weeks from now. But to me, I never thought he would be a true MVP candidate. And he really is. And worst, I won't say worst case scenario, he's probably going to finish in the top three. I, if yeah, not number one. I think so right think so. um I, I do think he's different. I, I think this has been incredible. I didn't think he had it in him. I did not think he could ever be this good.
1: And see, 2016, I, I understand the numbers are closer to that. I did want to rule one thing out from the 7 4 Are we sleeping on the start to 2020 when Dak was averaging over 350 yards a game? All right. Let's just go back real quick. The reason why he was averaging so many points is because their defense was so awful and they fell so far behind. In that Atlanta game, he had 450 yards because they were behind by 20 points. And remember, I think that was the miracle onside game, right? In the Seattle game, they were losing by 15 points. In the Cleveland game, they were losing by 27 points. They were getting destroyed. And that's the game where he threw for 502 yards because the Browns didn't care anymore. So, like, if you want to compare other seasons, I'm here for that. 2028, one of those seasons, man.
2: Yeah, the – I don't want to – okay, I'm – Imagine growing up in a small town and you have a teacher who's a very good teacher and there or a coach who's a very good coach and they're they're teaching you how to do this this way. And that's what you grow up knowing. And that's all you ever really know. And then you go to college and now you got drugs. All right. Now you now you have teachers who are. Advance beyond their years because they've experienced these things they've been teaching at this level for so much longer are you going to go back and say everything you learned was useless no you're going to say that was what built the foundation yeah and Dak prescott has a really good foundation right now he does have on any given play you have an opportunity to Check down. You have an opportunity to make a huge play. You have an opportunity that the levels of what you can do and accomplish in each play with Mike McCarthy's offense, I think, are different than what the levels were with Kellen Moore's offense. And it just it added to it. It's like going and having your bachelor's degree and then saying, now I'm a master's at it. And Dak went up a level. Now, I don't know exactly when that changed. That's that's the I look at the numbers this year and I feel like this is just my own personal feeling and just listening to Jerry Jones and Steven and even Dak and Mike McCarthy. I feel like the San Francisco game was that moment for him. Look, we talked a whole lot of trash. We everybody remember all week all all offseason during camp all the way up until that game. They didn't care about any opponent, which is one of the reasons they looked over uh, Arizona. They didn't care about any opponent except for San Francisco. And they went to San Francisco and said, we're giving you our best shot. And San Francisco said, shoo fly, we're done with you. And and the Cowboys had to sit back and reassess, what are we doing? What do we need to do better? And I think that's when Dak said, there are some of these details that I've been being taught that I really have to focus on and be better at. I mean, the rest of the team has to do their job too. For sure. Absolutely. The the defense has to do their job and all the other guys. But even CD lamb wakes up and says, Hey, it's, it's time for me now. Uh, I I want the football. And that's why I think this is different than, than what I've been watching the last few years with Kellen Moore and Dak.
0: I felt like the Seattle game, Corey is your point. Um, The defense has been really good this year. But most of the time, when you said "Dak," sorry, we suck balls on defense. Yeah.
2: Oh. Do we need oh, to... sorry. Sorry. Yeah, we du- should go d- ahead and dump do that. that. Dump yep. that. Shouldn't have said that. <laughs> we stink.
0: Sorry, we're not very good today. <laughs> Re- Rephrase this. And Dak said, "That's okay. I got you." I don't feel like he's really been. I, I get there's moments against teams. There's been moments. I don't feel like he's ever been able to carry a team that way. To your point, you made the point of, hey, we're down 27-3 to three yeah. after, at halftime. All right, well, the game's kind of changed. He was good from the start to the finish and said, all right, we stink on defense. And I know the defense made a couple of plays late in the game to secure the win to help you. But Dak said, that's okay. I'll win this by myself. And that's been rare in Dak's career to say, I'll do this by myself, guys. Now, I know he needs the offensive line to block. He needs guys to catch the ball. But that was a big game for me when I watched that Seattle one. And they blew out Philadelphia. He was part of the blowout. He was awesome. But I just feel like now, if you get in a shootout, if there is a shootout situation in a playoff game, I think he can win it for you. And I've never believed he could really do that. Okay. I want to point
1: to a specific thing that happened in the Philly game. That for me, Lockson in is different. Uh, that he's a different player right now. It, not to say that he didn't have like some of the characteristics and everything, but what was the thing we heard definitely last year for Dak and probably the year before as well was his wide receivers aren't getting open. Okay, like they're not creating any separation. So you go back to the game on Sunday night. Dak threw into a tight window a season high. 31% of his attempts for 99 yards. You might not think that sounds like a lot, but think about this. That's the most tight window passing yards by a quarterback in any game this season.
2: And we know he can throw in a tight windows. Exactly. Those numbers have been his there his entire career.
1: Exactly. And so you see almost a third of the throws that he made were into tight windows. And what was the result? More tight window yardage than any quarterback in any game all season. That's something that I don't think you say last year. You don't say two years ago. And then I I saw people saying he's got the more appropriate uh, offensive system, but that's when the argument comes in with Bobby. I know Bobby didn't say that, but like (laughs) we're led to believe that this offense is mostly the same. Well, it's got to be one or the other. It can't be totally different and mostly the same. Like, the, I think there's a shade of gray in there. I think yeah. there is a lot of carryover from Kellen Moore. But I think whether it's the two-step drop or whatever else you want to say, there are new additions that make this offense
2: different. Yeah, and and I'll I'll even add this. What, you know, we talk about Romo's greatest uh, quality and was anticipation. And, Mike, for the last five years now, what is, has been our uh, agreement on Dak that is that is that he waits till guys are open. I'm not seeing that from him right now. I'm seeing a dude that's throwing out in front of receivers more than I've than I've ever seen in his career. Yeah. That throw to Brandon Cooks right before halftime was on the money. Yeah. And it, exactly where it needed to be. And Kevin, you know, in the offseason, I showed you some pictures that For were dumb sure. of Jalen Tolbert. And I was like, still behind him a little bit. Yeah. Those things, it's again, that goes back to the quality of hey, this pitch, it was close but it needs to be here to be a strike or to be something they're going to swing and miss at. And that's where Dak is now. Yeah, that throw was close. Now he's at a point where that throw was exactly where it needed to be. And those are, again, small things. I think he's grown and developed. He's he's become better. And I, I don't know exact. I'll give a lot of the credit to Dak Prescott for putting the work in for it. Uh, and also, if people were saying, hey, you should do this or you should do that or here's what we're going to do, he absorbed it. He said, okay, I'm going to go full bore with it. And that's, the, that's where the process is. And I think that's where a lot of the, again, it's, it's semantics on this. He's a different dude right now. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
3: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: Then he's been in a while.
1: And at this moment in time, he's the favorite to win MVP. I'm not saying that'll be the case next week, two weeks, four weeks. But right now, through 13 games, he is the favorite to win MVP the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, we move into the lunch rush. Bochy believes in LeClerc and Spores for 2024. But do you? We'll do it next right here on The Fan.
3: And the Astros are down to their final strike. LeClerc ready now. 1-2 pitch. Ground ball. Second base. Simeon's got it. On to first to Nate Lowe. And hello World Series. The Rangers have won their third American League pennant. They stream out of the dugout. And are jumping up and down between the mound and first base.
2: Just delightful. What happened after that?
0: We won the World Series, Corey. I cried again about this. Because I can't remember if it was Saturday or Sunday. I'm watching football. I think it had to be Sunday. And I flip over to MLB Network just to see if anything's happened, like signing, and they were re-showing game five of the World Series. And I just, like, teared up again. Like, I was like, this is just amazing. I have no clue who was calling the game, though, because it wasn't Smoltzy and the other dude. And it wasn't obviously our radio broadcast. Uh-huh. Joe
2: Davis, the dude we I, had on the
0: show? I forget his name all the time. I'll remember it at some point in my he life. Does, think about it.
1: He doesn't always remember our name. Uh-huh. So what valid, chance do you think valid. that Joe Davis has for this? Yeah.
0: So anyways, I was like, I don't know what broadcast this is. Maybe they're playing the radio national broadcast of this game on television. But it was just awesome again to watch the Rangers win again.
2: Yeah, it is a pretty cool thing, Kevin. Uh, I don't know why you're I've, always hating No,
0: it. What?
1: I support this. It's Peyton oh, that hates yeah. on it. Peyton. He was like, It's been a month. Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Well, you know what? I will not. Is, and now this is going to tie in a little bit of Will Smith here. All right. So th- this is all about the bullpen. Is Bruce Bochy was talking about 2024. And he said, I'm really, really confident that saved us with those two finding their game at the right time, talking about. LeClerc and Spores, but we talk all the time about how bullpen doesn't always translate, whether it's the bullpen as a whole or individual pitchers. It doesn't always translate from year to year. So I wanted to start with, do you have confidence in LeClerc and Spores for the 2024 season? And then
0: we'll go from there. I'll say yes, Corey, because of this Spores was an up and coming Pitcher. Now, I'm not saying he was a top five prospect or anything like that, but it was like, hey, he has a lot of good stuff. And I think he's kind of found his stuff uh, in and around the zone to be a very successful pitcher. He has one of the best sliders in the game. And then LeClerc, it looks like he has confidence. I mean, it doesn't look like he obviously did. He pitched, you know, he was your closer for a World Series championship team. But he kind of found his confidence and his ability to throw the ball how he wanted since Tommy John surgery again. So I'm not saying you have the perfect one-two combination and they're the best one-two combination in the American League or even Major League Baseball. But I do feel confident with those two guys. Do I feel confident right now in the bullpen as a whole? No. No. And I think that Chris Young doesn't either. And hopefully he'll keep working on it. I know you have Kirby Yates now, but hopefully he'll keep working on it.
1: Nobody views that move as like, we did it. And as we
0: found out, I might be low on the market when I was like, ah, Chapman won for six, and then Will Smith signed for one for five million with Kansas City over the weekend. I'm like, man, if Will Smith got $5 million, I I might be low on Aroldis Chapman's number.
2: But he wins championships. So he that's does. why he Kansas City was like, we're going to win point. a championship this year. That is a good point. They might need or, to sign some hitters. Or they are hoping that they can they can get that moment where we signed him to trade him. Like some team might need a, a veteran relief guy. Uh, let's trade him away. Let's not use him too much. How- that, maybe that's the case. I, I look at, uh, for, for Spores, he gave up four hits and one run in the entire playoffs. Four hits and one run. And that is just dramatically different than what yep. he was during the regular season. So for him, during the regular season, I will say I still have my thoughts on him, uh, and and they'll hopefully they use him right. But whenever it comes to big time games, I feel like the dude will, you know, own in and know what he's supposed to do. Leclerc, we've been waiting so long to see this version of him. Or like and see it again, right? See it consistently. Yes. And and we waited most of the season to see it consistently, and there were times, Mike, I'd come in, I'd be like, Did "You see Leclerc last night?" And you were like, "Let's see it again." And and then we we'd wait, and then uh, two nights later, he was back to you know not looking. You could see it on his face. Leclerc is the kind of pitcher where you can see the entire situation on his face, yeah. except for in the playoff run where he you, he looked blank the entire time. He looked like I'm just in my I'm hypnotized. I'm in my zone. Don't get me out of this zone. And I know we had the one moment was it against Houston where he gave up the the bomb, and I know that was that situation. The rest nice of the game time, five, yeah, y- yeah. Too that was the rest of the the rest of the time though. That dude just looked like it does not matter who's in front of me. And it does not matter the task. So I do trust those two guys. Now, the rest of the bullpen, to get to that point, that's something that I'm not quite certain of at the moment.
1: And, Mike, you you were talking about what Will Smith got and what what Chapman could get. Is Will Smith, one year, $5 million paid by the Royals. Now, maybe the Royals paid a little bit more because they're like, hey, nobody wants to play for us. But we talk about developing pitching all the time in terms of uh in terms of your starting pitching, but here's where it's a huge deal yeah if for your' relieving pitching as well look at 2024. Josh spores through arbitration is probably going to make about a million dollars give or take. Jose Leclerc who closed incredibly well throughout the playoffs 6.25 million dollars. So just think about these two players that the Rangers have had in their system and largely developed. Those two, which were your primary two bullpen pieces, will make a combined $7.25 million next year. And Will Smith, who we couldn't get off the team fast enough, will make $5 million. Araldis <laughs> Chapman, hell, to your point, he might make more than those two combined yeah. by himself – So that just shows how important developing your own bullpen pieces are in addition to starting pitchers.
0: Pitching costs so much money, and the Rangers are dealing with that right now, as we want Jordan Montgomery back. Yes. But he's a number two, number three starting pitcher. You know, I, I lean towards what he showed me last year in the playoffs. I can lean more towards a number two starting pitcher. Yeah. Those costs cost close to $30 million. The number one, we just saw a number one cost $40 million. We saw what Jacob yep. DeGrom cost with even his injury history. Yeah. And uh, you just look at it. And when you don't develop any of it, you're like, all right, let's start doing it. It costs $100 million to have five free agent pitchers that you really are impressed with. And like, because your number four and five cost a combined $25 million. If you're just going after four and fives, that's the St. Louis Cardinals. They have 73 of them on mm-hmm. their team now. <laughs> and so... I look at it and go, at some point, if you don't develop starting pitching, you're going to go back to 2017 or 2018 quicker than you think. I love this offense. I love the veteran players on this team. I love the young hitters on this team. Uh, But if you can't develop pitching, then you're going to have to ask Ray Davis to spend approximately $150 million a year on your starting pitchers slash relievers and it doesn't look like they have the budget to do it. Because if you want to stay around $240 million, that means you only have $90 million for 13 or 14 position players.
1: And we probably can't convince every single player we signed to defer 97% of their deals until 10 years later. So right. that's probably not going to work.
0: Can I add something to Josh Spores? And I'm saying I for am sure. confident in him, but it's interesting when I look at his numbers... What do you guys think his ERA was post-All-Star break? Obviously not including playoffs. This is after the Washington trip that I got to go on. After the All-Star break, he threw in 15 games. Josh Spores, what do you think his ERA was in those 15 games heading into the Four. playoffs?
2: .54.
0: He had a 4.54 pre-All-Star ERA. Pre. Post-All-Star ERA. 7.98. Oh. Uh, God, in gross. 15 games uh, he pitched fit 14 and two-thirds innings giving up uh it looks like 15 hits here i'm just trying to go down to walks because it uh goes down to that can't be four walks I, his numbers overall aren't 259 batting average but yeah. of 798 obviously era is a little bit tough in 14 and two-thirds innings you know but right it just goes to show that came out of nowhere His playoff run, literally, if you look at his, okay, go to September numbers. Well, he pitched four games in September. So you're like, well, what about September? Maybe he got in those four. He had a 14.54 ERA in his four games in September. So what Josh Spores was able to accomplish, his confidence level, what he was going into the playoffs with, was not very good and then he just pitched his butt off
1: now i wanted to throw this out there for potential this is another positive for the rangers actually i got two positives for you name them is tomorrow some texas rangers players are going to be at medical city children's hospital and i just think again that's super cool their season's over it's been over for a while and they're like, hey, you know what? There's a lot of people who are less fortunate than us. Hixie's going to be out there. Marcus Simeon is going to be out there. And just really cool that they continue to do the work. Cody Bradford's going to be out there. Emily Jones, they continue to do the work. It goes along with like being a part of this community, and it is made even better by being the world champion. So how does that
2: work, Mike? Uh, do they come to all the players and they're like, "Hey, here's a sign-up sheet." Do they go to the? How does that work? I don't know how behind the scenes that's those a, things. I've happen. I've
0: done it before,
2: um, and probably with the holidays, they, it's tough.
0: They ask. They obviously know they're going to ask players that live here. Okay. Cody Bradford lives here. Marcus Simeon lives here. I'm just I don't know if Jonah Heim's doing it or not, but I believe Jonah lives here now. Like a guy like Nate Lowe right now. Because his mom has cancer and doesn't live here, and I don't think Nate lives here like year round. I gotcha. So they're probably not going to ask people that don't live here year right. round. Uh, they're going to find the guys that live here year round uh, and do stuff like that.
2: Okay, all right. That's, I've never really quite understood like how all the the behind the scenes actions on. And those. So it's really they cool.
0: in a weird way, I think that I don't know who it is. You know, for the players, um, I know who it is for alumni, but they'll usually also send out an email. And say, hey, we have an event coming up where we would like three alumni players to be a part of it. Uh Please email us if you're interested in doing this. They ask you to do that? Yes, yeah, sometimes. Uh, so, not it's, to the, so they're not sending it to th- Odyssey. This email. one? No, if they did. I never get it. <laughs> oh no. But, but yeah, they'll have they'll have certain things where they ask, hey, um, are you interested in this? Sometimes it's specific to certain guys, and then sometimes they throw out kind of a mass email. Hey, we need three guys to be at this event for the Texas Rangers.
1: Fascinating. Do you want another positive thing or do you want to move on to something
2: else? I love the power of positivity, especially around the holidays. Okay.
0: Unless it's
1: like x-rays. It's not a positive x-ray.
2: Does that mean bad?
0: Yeah.
2: Positive for a break? Positive x It came back negative. Yeah. Came back positive. Great
0: news. It's negative. That sentence makes no sense. So is
1: the picture. That's fair is Bleacher Report has their updated farm system rankings for the offseason. The Texas Rangers, I'm sorry. Number one. They're not number one. Lies. But they are number five. Is Evan Carter still counting? Evan Carter still counts. He's at number one, and Wyatt Langford is at number two. We can talk more about that in just a second. But something encouraging on there, the Astros dead last. The Angels are 27th. The A's are 24th. Now, the Mariners' farm system looks pretty solid. Not as good as the Rangers, of course, but this is a great spot to be in. Uh, Clearly, Evan Carter had a big role in this World Series title, but you just won the World Series, and your farm system is still top five.
2: That's pretty remarkable. It, it, It really is, but like Mike said, the pitching has to has to be re- able to be pro and, at some point
0: and pitching prospects are so much in a weird way. They're more valuable than position player yeah. prospects. So if you are like, Hey, we want to trade a, Justin Foscue, he right. just comes to mind right now because we're not trading Wyatt Langford and we're not trading Evan Carter. We want to trade Justin Foskew for your 21-year-old prospect in AAA who looks like he's going to be a number two starter in the major leagues. They're going to say, "Too bad, yeah, yeah. sorry, but Do you know how hard it is to develop pitching? We are not trading what we think will be maybe an everyday player batting sixth in a lineup. We are not trading our number, th- our potential number three starting pitcher two years from now, but our number five starting pitcher next year. Uh, for him so that's the thing about pitching you it's really tough where the Rangers are built up they're built up with position players they are not built up with premium pitching prospects
1: because who's their most premium pitching prospect right now somebody who's 20 years old who got drafted last year and that has consistently been an issue about talent development for the Rangers is it feels like they have all these amazing prospects at rookie ball or high A and then Mm -hmm. as they develop You see their value diminish, diminish, diminish. So, and we hate,
0: I hate saying this, but the saying in baseball is you're not playing real baseball till you play double A baseball. I'm not trying to take a shot at college baseball. College baseball is phenomenal. I hope and pray that my boys get to play college baseball. And a ball is a very high level of baseball. But they say, really, the first time that you get to play real baseball is if you make it to double A, because that's where the talent is tremendous. And people are making adjustments and you can't just throw three curveballs in the dirt and a guy swing at all three curveballs in the dirt because you have a really good breaking ball. Like guys will start making you pitch, uh, you know hitters will make adjustments. Pitchers will make adjustments. It might not be super quick adjustments. You might go to a Frisco Rough Riders game and see a guy walk five out of the first six guys and have to take them out. There'll be moments like that, but there's less and less of those moments, and you're watching. If you go to Frisco, you're watching some really high-end baseball. Now, Corey, I'm going to go to you first to answer this question because I think
1: I know the direction Mike might go. What's the bigger future matchup? Is it that Lionel Messi and Inter-Miami are going to face Cristiano Ronaldo's team in Saudi Arabia in February,
2: or is it... That's pretty brilliant. For sure. pretty brilliant. Sports washing
1: at its finest. Wow. Or is it part five of the state championship game between Duncanville and Galena Park North Shore. Here what is the bigger happening
2: in sport? Yeah, this one's not even close, Mike. Uh, it's the Duncanville-Galena Park North Shore. <laughs> <laughs> well, like that, that's the most important thing happening in, in, in football, the real football, they say. Are uh,
0: big 6A schools just furious with these two schools? <laughs> gotta be, right? This is the
1: fifth time I, in six years they've D-
0: played for the title. I know how great you guys have covered high school football. This doesn't happen. Yeah. Like, there's there's teams that are great. Allen was great with Kyler Murray. But then after Kyler Murray, they kind of dropped off a little bit, always making the playoffs, but not in the state championship game year after year after year. And these two teams at the same point – I grew up in Duncanville. Duncanville made the state championship game one one time before this Galena Park North Shore situation – uh, and they beat, I believe it was Converse Judson in Houston in right. 1998, if I have my year right. And that was it. That's the only time Duncanville had ever been in the state championship game. And that was 5A back then was the highest level. I don't even remember what Galena Park North Shore was when I was in high school. Never heard of that school in my life. And now... Every year, it's the same thing. You see it more at the lower classifications
1: with your... Alito. Well, Alito's clearly been amazing the last 15 years, but like Brock and Dangerfield and Canadian Uh, at the lower levels, you see them always in that mix, but... (laughs) I get it, Rodney. Hot (laughs) Rod. Oh my God. So Galena Park North Shore is up in this series three to one. They won on the Hail Mary in
0: 2018. Yeah, I was there. I, I
1: quit. I, I'm sorry. They won in 19 and 21. And in 2021, they won on the touchdown pass late in the game. But last year, Duncanville won. And so now you get part five in the last six years. So think about it. They're playing for the fifth time. None of these kids could have possibly been involved
2: in the first one. The school was invented in nineteen or established, my apologies, in nineteen sixty-two. Galena Park North Shore. Did not win their first state championship until two thousand and three. And then they won one, two, three, four, five, and then were state runner up uh, in twenty twenty two. Okay. Well they're
0: they're well more they're more known than I than I thought.
2: Yeah. So, wow, it's just wild cuz I just like think of when long. we thought
0: of Houston schools, right? Converse, Judson. Yeah. Uh there is a couple I'm sorry, I'm drawing blanks right now off the top of my head, but um I just never heard of Galena Park North Shore until this whole rivalry thing started, but hey, uh, I know South O'Cliff, third year in a row in the state championship yes. game. That's Going for the 3 for, feet. for DISD to not have a state championship forever cuz they don't count the Carter one in 88 if I have my year right. Um And now for South Oak Cliff to be possibly going for a three-peat is amazing. And I'm assuming this. I'm sorry I didn't look. DeSoto has to be in the, the championship game, right? Yes. Yeah, because they, they're I, the
1: real. I hate saying this, but no
0: matter what, like national rankings or state yeah. Texas high school rankings, even though uh, DeSoto is in the, the lower 6A, They beat Duncanville, so they would be to me like if you looked at the whole state champs, you'd say they're the whole state champs. They played each other and won 49 to 35, I believe. So I think that is correct. Congratulations, Patrick Creighton. You finally beat us.
2: If you get a chance, Kevin, go take a look at some of the notable alum that have rocked out of Galena North Shore. Okay. Uh, It's pretty interesting, like Dorrance Armstrong, other names like that. Oh. According to Wikipedia. I would love a Dorrance Armstrong-Mike Bassick roundtable this week oh,
1: to awesome. talk about. That would be amazing. Let's get Joe on the horn see if that can happen. You guys have
0: nine former Major League players at Galena Park. See, sure. <laughs> this is why I want the roundtable. All right, right now, it's time for some Mike Likes It. Okay, so you said, let's get to Wyatt Lankford in a little bit, because yes. you knew that I was going to be talking yes. about it. So people... But he's second
1: on that list of prospects behind yes. Evan Carter.
0: People have asked me and you, Kevin, a lot about Wyatt Langford cards. They have come out. Wyatt Langford does have his, I guess you'd call it a true rookie card. However, you want to do it. It's his Bowman first. So if people are kind of wanting to get into sports cards, they're like, I want to get Wyatt Langford cards, he they finally came out. They are super duper expensive. And I mean at this point, I'm going to tell you something. I hate saying this because I want Wyatt Langford cards. Wyatt Langford at this point, to validate his prices right now as they have come out this week, if you'd have to pull him out of packs, he would have to hit 800 home runs, <laughs> have a career batting average of 300 with 3,000 hits, have probably six World Series titles and five-plus MVPs to validate the prices on his cards. And I love Wyatt Langford and I think he's going to be great. But I can't predict he's going to hit 800 plus home runs. And I can't predict he's going to have almost 4,000 hits. And I can't predict he's going to have five to 12 MVPs. Right. But that's the way. All
1: the, of those seem fair. That's
0: the way the hype is. So if you want for Christmas, you want it, it doesn't matter. You just want to get one, you can. But I'm telling you right now, if you do pull Wyatt Langford cards, no matter how big of a Ranger fan you are, if you're kind of wanting to make money, you sell that card immediately because there's no way Wyatt Langford can live up to this hype. It's impossible. It's the same with Wimby. Wimby's cards are stupid expensive. Yeah. Like at this point, he'd have to double up what LeBron James has done in his career. If you think that Wimby's going to be two times better than LeBron, win ten you, championships, you should do that. Win ten MVPs and score one million points, then Wimby's prices make sense.
1: By the way, the Spurs lost their seventeenth consecutive game last night.
0: Now 17 in a row. The product is called Bowman or Bowman Draft is the is what the product is called. So if you're looking for Wyatt Langford cards, it's called Bowman Draft. Well, he is the second person driving this product. His cards are the second most expensive. The most expensive cards in this are Tom Brady, I guess you can call them baseball rookie cards. Oh. As he is in his Montreal Expos uniform, because that's who he was drafted by as a catcher out you. of high school. So, Tops has a great commercial here about selling the Tom Brady rookie card. And it is a whole bunch of people talking about, picture it here, the Montreal Expos Tom Brady. Absolutely.
3: You know why Tom Brady won seven rings? It wasn't because of his game calling or his arm, it was because of his hitting. 649 home runs. What a power
1: hitter! Excuse me, with extra Tommy, merci.
0: There's
3: no question. Brady's the greatest. 23 seasons, seven championships, the greatest comeback of all time against Atlanta. Yeah. I caught a lot of but now, here's my pitch to you. Come on down to Brady Auto and catch mm. some major league savings. Now sing that. That guy on. just never let us lose. Except to the Giants. San Francisco. Right. Yeah. Twice. Without him, they would
0: have moved us out of Montreal. So, so stop right, right there. Promise. We're good. That's good. Those people talking were Larry Walker and Pedro Martinez former Montreal Expos, obviously of a team that probably was going to win the World Series or have a great chance to in the strike-shortened season of 94. But So, a couple of those voices there are like famous Montreal Expos talking about how Tom Brady's the greatest expo of all time.
1: I'm so glad they included my favorite or least favorite part of local commercials. It's like, hi, I'm Darren Woodson here. for Darren Woodson would never talk that way. He was like, come down here. Your deal will be a touchdown Uh i
2: hate that so much you'll never strike out here yes i hate it
0: so tom brady his cards have hit the market this Expos card i'm just going to give you a couple of these listings on ebay with one day and eight hours left 58 total bids now his cards are short printed they're not easy to get out of this if you hit a tom brady card you've hit something very special that card right now, with over a day to go, so it'll more than double this price. It might be 10 times the price of this. I don't know what it's going to end at. Is right now at $1,009 for this Montreal Expos 2023. This one is wow. numbered to $150. But if I go up a little bit further, there's one numbered to 99 with 2 hours left it's already over $1700 Woo. his one that is not numbered has 2 hours left and it is at $700 and look when i say this it's not just going to go up 5 more dollars the bidders bid furiously with less than a minute to go yeah. so uh these will end after our show is over but these cards are going for a whole Bunch, but really for Ranger fans, if you want Wyatt Langford cards, they are out, but yeah. they are very expensive. They're more expensive than this in Mookie Betts, than this in Ronald Acuna Jr. Just to give you an idea, they're pricing him that he will be better than Mookie Betts. He will be better than Ronald Acuna Jr. He will be better than Juan Soto. He will be, name a, he'll be better than Aaron Judge. You name a player, right now his price is Wyatt Langford. Love him, but he is now pretty much in this Bowman first category. Yeah the highest priced card that you can get.
2: How much of that is the Rangers success with also the Rangers fan base knowing what he did and was all like feeling like he was like, how much of that is, is Rangers? There's oriented?
0: a little bit there, but really it is what he did in his 50 minor league games. So now they're projecting for every five games he plays, he will hit a home run the rest of his life. He will at least <laughs> get a hit every game yeah. he plays in. He will bat three thirty five with about fifty five home runs every year, about two hundred hits. I mean that's that's what they're project that's what this is always the hype. And I love Wyatt Langford, and I hope he makes the Major League team very quickly on the Texas Rangers, and he produces in the way that people are paying. I hope that if you're paying for Wyatt Langford, I do hope next year he gets American League Rookie of the Year with 55 home runs and 240 <laughs> hits. But that's what you're paying that for. that would be good for the Rangers. At this point, he will be a disappointment <laughs> yes. in the card world unless he gets about 200. I'll say he'll be a disappointment unless he gets 230 hits with 50-plus home runs. That
2: that's- would make him – the MVP that yeah. would make it. If the he doesn't MVP. do that, is it? Just yeah, Trevor Lawrence.
0: Oh, Tony's out. Like Trevor Lawrence, don't have to compete against. Trevor Ohtani. Lawrence has been
2: disappointing compared to the hype level. Yeah. Compared to the hype, yeah. I think that's a huge factor. Is like you can say Trevor Lawrence has had a good career for anybody yeah. else. And but that, for Trevor Lawrence,
1: that's what I say about Bryce Harper. Is Bryce Harper is unquestionably a very good baseball player. Right. I think he has fallen short of the hype Probably. because people were like, he's going to be the greatest baseball player you've
2: ever seen, and he's not. Did right. he say that though, Kevin? I don't. Re- you act like he said it. That we the, should hate him. Was on the cover. That. No,
0: no, don't hate him. But I'm
1: pretty but sure it was on the cover
2: fan. of the Sports Illustrated. Oh yeah. he right. said
0: that. Before we get to Corey's <laughs> corner and the 40. C block. I wanted to talk about driving to and from Austin yesterday real quick. That's not the most fun thing to do. I was very happy to pick up my daughter, but to drive to Austin in approximately three hours and then to say, hey, let's pack up the car and drive right back yeah. to Dallas. I've
2: done that before, yeah.
0: Um, Did you have to pack up a lot of stuff? Shocked how much stuff you can have in a little dorm room.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm like, what the crap is going on? Like, how do we have this much stuff? And aren't you coming back here in a month? <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, Mary Grace had a lot of stuff. I also brought her roommate back, so she had stuff okay. too. So we've definitely oh, filled up okay, the car. Yeah. Um, and then you think to yourself, boy, when your kids go off to college and maybe you drive three hours to pick them up and you have a three hour drive back, which ended up being four hours because of four o'clock traffic in Dallas. That was right. beautiful. I was really excited since you talked that. about Medical City. Yeah. I'd love that her roommate lived right right next to Medical City. That was a really fun drive. I don't think he means that. But anyways, you would think? Well, what was the conversations like? Were you talking about college and what's going on and this and that?
2: Listening to the fans.
0: What do you think? Oh. What do you think those two girls did for approximately three hours?
2: Were on their phones. Good. Good guess. Slept. They slept. Oh, my wife is will sleep. That's. Ooh. That's, they just. Is that why you were texting us so much yesterday? No, I was was texting you
0: going there because I was listening to you going there. There was no way I was getting away with two teenage girls that are at YouTube throwing on 105.3 The Fan and Sports Talk Radio. Uh, So I honestly, from approximately one o'clock forward, we were listening to music. But I guess I was listening to music as they were both taking
2: a nap. What music were you listening to? I I put was on, it, their play, it was your no,
0: music. It, it was at first. It was Austin City Limits Radio. I think okay. that's ninety one point oh. seven down there. Fun. Uh, and then when we got out of range, there. By the way, strong in in uh, Waco. We are the official sports talk radio station of Waco. Hell what do you think? yeah! We are coming in strong, like a fajita.
1: Oh, like a what fajita? Did you say fajita?
2: Okay. We yeah. are coming on strong, yeah. Waco's. I don't think that we is are right. coming on. That strong. is definitely okay. not right.
1: right. I don't know if we need to dump that or not.
0: <laughs> if I were to name a radio station in Waco, I'd name it the Growl. Because the a, Bears. Yes, for, bears. <laughs> yeah. for Baylor Bears.
2: What do you think? I don't know. My last time in Waco, Kevin, maybe go to Quiznos.
0: Waco has a lot of restaurants convenient. now. I remember when I went on my recruiting trip, I was like, oh, "This is nowhere Magoo," <laughs> but. It's it's a lot bigger now.
2: <laughs> uh, you okay, Kevin? That's yeah, it. That man. was very humorous.
1: We're the KNC masterpiece right. right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, it's time for the C Block starring Corey Majors.
2: I want to talk a little bit about what Jerry said this morning regarding DAC. Plus, we get into Kevin's brain. Oh, next on the fan,
3: we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one.